0: my daddy served in the army, We lost his right eye. But he flew a flag out in our yard till the day that he died. He wanted my mother, my brother, my sister, and me to grow up and live happy in the land of the free. Now this nation that I love is falling under attack. A mighty sucker punch came flying in from somewhere in the back we could see clearly through our big black eye, man, we lit up your world like the 4th of July, hey, Uncle Sam, put your name at the top of his list, and a statue of liberty started shaking her fist, and an eagle will fly, and it's gonna be here, when
1: And welcome back to the Core to Three podcast. This is your host, Spencer Breedlove.
2: And Lisa Breedlove.
1: And as we record this podcast, it is September the 11th. Yes. And 21 years ago, Mm. um, our nation was definitely under attack. And... I still, still emotional. <laughs> yeah, you
2: remember where you were. You think back. Um, you know, things stir up those emotions again as as you reflect on that day and um, lives that were lost in an instant, lives that were changed in an instant, and. Many things in our country were changed forever.
1: Yeah, there was a lot that was changed. And I've, uh, I've never had the, um, I never had the opportunity, I guess, um, to serve in our nation's military, but I've always respected the men and women who, um, have fought for us in previous wars but in this one that's been going on for these 20 plus years um and then having the opportunity to meet some of the most special people on the planet those guys that have served Mm -hmm. and those men and women who've served so faithfully and fearlessly courageously (coughs) and then they come back and you know they deal with their own wars here at home. Yeah. Um with broken families, with their own uh health issues, with traumatic brain injuries, with losing legs, losing arms, uh people that lost loved ones paying the ultimate price. Um def- you know defending our country. Um God, I just, uh, there are no words for to express my gratitude for those men and women who (laughs) left their homes, left their places so that they could protect and fight for our own freedoms. And um, being able to have met some of the people that. Have come back from those deployments and even even as early as this weekend or as late as this weekend, being able to be trained by some of them just having interaction and then you know them coaching me up in a few areas of life or guns or anything like that it i'm um, i'm um what's the word humbled humbled by that um and and what they do Mm -hmm. i just you know it just wells up in me
2: i was thinking this morning on the way to church you know just kind of a different take that Remembering back how there was so much of a unity and and our pastor even alluded to it, you know, people were going to church and and seeking and searching and and praying and pulling together. and twenty one years later, it's almost in one sense like we've forgotten and yeah. we're divided again and we're um, oh yeah, away from God. Um, in many ways, again,
1: yes, um, the, there is a lot of that. It's, it's like the, the further you get from it, you don't remember it right as much. You're,
2: you're removed. You're removed
1: from it. Life goes happened on in
2: the last several years. Yeah.
1: I mean, and life does go on. It does go. Life on. does go on. Things continue on. Sure. And there's nothing you can do about that but to not remember what took place at that point and uh i think is a is is tragic mm. um to only remember it one day out of the year now um i mean we get to do this little podcast because of what they fought for,
2: mm-hmm. true,
1: we get to do freedom of speech we yeah <laughs> yeah, nobody's gonna take this away we get to you know we get to carry my weapons, I get to preach, we get to talk about the gospel we get to we get to live free, mm-hmm. so
2: think we need to remember if, and be thankful.
1: Oh. So if you have served in our nation's military, if you have in any way served, form. you know, on the front lines as police, yes.
2: Yes. law enforcement, first responders,
1: first responders, um medical professionals. Oh man, we we Your love heroes. you guys. You guys. Thank you. You guys rock. Yep. And there's not enough there's not enough words to clearly communicate how much we're grateful, how much we're grateful. So, so thank you for that. And, uh, let's continue to be in prayer for our country, for our men and women who do, um, uh, stand in the, stand in the gap for us, the door breachers, the, the, the seals, the snipers, the special forces, all those guys, um, Let's remember them in prayer and be thankful for them. So um, I don't even know how to transition, Lisa. I really don't. Um, But we will. And today we are going to be talking about dealing with difficult people, dealing with difficult people.
2: I know you're not talking about me, honey.
1: Why would I be thinking about (laughs) that? I wouldn't know. No, you're not. Difficult. You're
2: not going to have much input on I'm that. I'm probably
1: are the you? one. Di- no, not for you. <laughs> I'm probably the one that's the difficult. It's I'm the difficult deep in one. Here. <laughs> I'm the difficult one.
2: No, I am as well.
1: I and know I am. So, we're going to be talking about dealing with difficult people, and okay. even to the point of what if it is your if spouse. it is your spouse. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, we are going to do a little bit of okay. that. But before we do that. Um, I had a pretty cool weekend. You did. Now, do you have any you, side comments about me well, taking retreats?
2: <laughs> I was just going to say, we talk a lot on the podcast about Spencer's retreats and Spencer's getaways. And I was sitting here thinking, well, yeah, because Spencer's the only one that gets to go on retreats and getaways. Lisa doesn't really get to well, do Well, I got to have content okay. for this
1: podcast some way. Yeah, that's right. You're a Somehow.
2: content creator. That's right. We've heard that before. Yes. yes. But yes. I'm glad you had the chance. I'm just waiting for one day somebody's going to invite me on a retreat. And I don't mean like no conference thing. That ain't what I'm talking about. Well, I don't want to go to a conference.
1: I, maybe so. Maybe the Lord will provide for you to go on to a retreat.
2: Let me see. But I don't really want the wilderness, I'd prefer the beach retreat.
1: Well, maybe that'll happen.
2: I know. I'm just kidding.
1: Maybe it'll happen. I'm thankful
2: that you, once again, had another
1: opportunity. It was a great opportunity, and I got to meet some really, really, really cool people. Yes,
2: I've enjoyed hearing about it, so share a little bit. Some
1: really cool people this weekend. Well, first of all, I hope I don't lose my man card on this. Because you
2: went glamping. It's
1: called glamping.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure your boys are gonna teach your. It's
1: that. called glamping, mm-hmm. so
2: that's like glamour camping. So you put it together, and it's called glamping. Well, it if means you, you're in a. Jared said, "I said, well, it's a tent." Jared goes, "Yeah, it's like the tabernacle tent that they carried around in the wilderness, <laughs> with the Israelites.
1: Yeah.
2: It's like a house."
1: Well, if you could, if you could think of. Like an army, like a military base overseas in the barracks. You had barracks. Well, in the barracks, you have bunks, okay? Well, this was like a barrack Uh built onto a big porch. Oh. If a porch porch and a... Oh, no. barrack had a You're baby they have a baby it would be a glamping tent <laughs> oh my and it also
2: used that about the dock house
1: it well at this dock house it was like a dock and a house had a baby had a baby and it was
2: what is it with you i am not having another baby so
1: praise the lord
2: i don't know what is it with you
1: a to the men okay. on that
2: Wondered why that kept coming up. No, I well, okay, that's the
1: best way to say it.
2: Okay, you're trying to make analogies, trying to make analogies. I got it, I got it. Okay,
1: so but yes, it but in this glamping tent,
2: you had a shower,
1: it was a full on bathroom, yeah. Um, I mean, like with everything,
2: electricity,
1: electricity, (laughs) air conditioning, it's not camping, it had air conditioning. In our not like a in our glamping tent, Uh it had six queen size beds. Wow! It had a Keurig coffee maker
2: that made Spencer.
1: It had a it had a front porch. It had a front porch
2: (laughs) off of a tent.
1: Off of a tent. (laughs) Wow! It had a front porch. It overlooked a beautiful lake.
2: Oh yes, I saw pictures. Yes.
1: Um. It. It was really, really cool.
2: And the purpose of the
1: trip? It was a retreat. I, <laughs> I mean, it was a retreat with uh, a good friend of mine. and To get
2: away. To get
1: and away and get away and get around some other guys. You didn't really have internet. Didn't, yeah, there was. Oh. Service group? I mean, I had. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Cell phone I service. I thought you couldn't good. call me. Uh,
2: you said, I'm expecting that there won't be cell service. Well. And you didn't call me uh, all weekend. I'm, I'm sorry. Wow. All right, folks, this podcast is taking a turn. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> no. No. Oh, I, and this might come back with difficult people. This Spencer has an avoidance. It's um, his mechanism. I guess. I guess you're avoiding me all weekend. Well, I okay. text you. Yes, but I thought and that the texting was coming through, but that phone calls might not go through. Never well, mind. Just night, let me
1: think that in my. Well, brain. the first night I got down there at midnight. It after was like We had talked. And yes, it was one thirty before we went talked to bed. When you were
2: driving. Yes,
1: and then, and then yesterday. Night you didn't yesterday call. was filled with well, because this was Saturday. <laughs> Shooting,
2: fishing, fishing, sitting, eating, talking,
1: shooting, oh, eating, shooting, eating, eating, fellowshipping, a little football. No time to call your wife. More fishing, more eating, um, more fellowshipping, and then the next thing I know, it's almost midnight again. Time to go to bed.
2: I feel loved,
1: and then I went to bed. I got up this morning and it was more fishing, more eating, Uh more fellowshipping.
2: Uh I got it. I got a clear picture.
1: Oh, and then we got to do some really cool stuff. Like I got on a Polaris, um, like one of those big four wheeler deals. uh, Oh, yeah. And we went mudding. We didn't quite do Uh, the mudding. Okay. But we went really fast through the dirt roads. Across the farm, okay, and yeah, it was awesome. But so I guess here,
2: if you had gotten hurt, I would have gotten a phone call.
1: True, you would have got a phone call. Awesome. But okay. here are some here are the people that I got to meet.
2: Okay. Yes.
1: All right. So first of all, I'm gonna start off with. I bet they called their since, Just uh, saying. They, I didn't see very many of them talking on the phone.
2: Just because you didn't see them doesn't mean they didn't. Go ahead.
1: So I'm going to start off with this first person. His name is Mike, and he was uh, he, he was retired Special Forces. Whoa. And he does a lot of uh, sniper training. Um, he's now a board member of... SOC-F, which which stands for Special Operations Care Fund, Special Operators Care Fund. So Special Ops Care Fund uh, for people that, and then their families that come back from war. And there's a gap in support that's needed to be filled in terms of funding and these guys help special operations special ops guys and girls um with that gap in their families Filling that in. Uh-huh. yeah so it's really really cool and he was an instructor on the range for us while we were shooting and getting some getting some uh, instruction from him was pretty cool so got to meet mike uh another guy uh he used to be uh, the vice president of compassion international u s a over the whole country wow. and he was the v p um of compassion international his name's Rick davis got to meet him hang out with him a little bit he 's now a consultant doing some private consulting uh over the last couple of years he 's been doing that himself uh on his own um business and just a man what a uh encouraging dude he was just he was so engaging and, and, and inquisitive and asking me you know questions nice. about you and about Elizabeth and about our family mm-hmm. and what what we got to do and what I get to do with FCA and That's uh, cool. man it was awesome just to and and to learn from this guy uh and what he you know did from uh-huh. a marketing standpoint with uh with with Compassion International mm-hmm. um Another guy I got to meet was a guy by the name of Jeff Morin. Jeff is the president and CEO of Biblica or the International, what it would be the International Bible Society. Uh-huh. Um and they are the they that he's the he's the president and CEO of the company that um, has translated the scripture into the new international version. Oh. All right. Okay. So being able to connect with him find out about what biblic is doing man they are at the tip of the spear when it comes to bible translation
2: that's awesome
1: and they hear their mission and vision of trying to of right now there are seven there's over seven thousand languages in the world today
2: seven seven thousand
1: languages there's over seven thousand languages in the world today and right now less than half have the have the have God's word in their heart language. Now, what do I mean by so heart about language?
2: Three thousand have it
1: so, translated. So yeah, there's probably around thirty-four. Okay, thirty-four hundred. Wow, that is translated into their language. But the other
2: word, other ones, still do not.
1: No, so you're looking mm-hmm. at around thirty-six hundred. Wow, thirty-six to thirty-seven hundred. Languages that the Bible needs to be translated into.
2: And you said their heart language. The heart language. So
1: if you were, I mean, I don't know, let's just say there's a language that is, let's say, in Africa. Uh huh. um, And it's a pretty unique language that has no alphabet. Yes. All right. So you have Greek and Hebrew. Uh huh. From which. The script, the original text Mm -hmm. comes from that is, that has been translated over the years. You know, you've got King James, new King James, new international version, new American standard version, um, contemporary, let's see, Christian standard Bible. Mm -hmm. Is it Christian standard Bible? Yes. Um, English standard version. You've got all these different translations, Mm -hmm. um, that have been written And what they do in those translations is they, they want to verify and with, they want it to be accurate. So it needs to be, there needs to be a, a a place of accuracy, but how do you create, how do you, um, handle accuracy when there is no alphabet? Wow. You know, it's a, so how do they put that into Keep how the they communicate? Of, yes. So how do you maintain integrity of scripture into a language? The, uh-huh. How do you communicate? The truth? Correct.
2: Wow. So
1: their goal as uh-huh. an organization uh-huh. is to have the scripture into every heart language in the next 10 years. I love that. And the speed and the technology that is now being used can get a first draft of a copy of God's word into another language in less than a year and in the hands of...
2: Less than 12 months.
1: uh Wow. Now think about that. Wow. Whereas it used to be... It used to be that it took around sixteen years just to get one translation.
2: Well, sure. I mean, think how technology has changed. And
1: one language, it took yeah. it took about sixteen years to wow. get into one language. Wow! Because it was all done by human.
2: I, I was going to say, can you imagine the people doing it back then? But
1: and now they're looking at, and now they are u- utilizing um, AI, right, in order to create. A
2: Computers, a, that will, yeah, yes. a com,
1: it's computer generated uh-huh. language, um, or, or a computer generated copy of God's word into the heart language of hmm. that, um, that ethnic group. And this group. is Biblica doing this. Well, this is Biblica at uh-huh. the tip of the spear.
2: Oh, others are doing it, but as there well, are like,
1: 10 other, yes. Translation companies, yes, like Wycliffe Bible Translators, Tyndall, okay, Okay. Seed Company, American Bible Society. There's several other organizations that are that's great using that, that are working together. They have dropped their banners and they all are now falling under the Mm. Illuminations banner for the one goal of getting the gospel and the copy of God's word into. Every tribe in every nation
2: wow that's cool
1: that's stuff to hear about that's w- mm-hmm. one of the guys that I got to meet at, on this retreat mm. it was okay I was blown away with that, and then got to meet a couple of other guys um they were uh, actually our hosts uh, at this uh, retreat at it was called Strange Farms in Ellaville, Georgia. Which is just outside of Columbus, uh-huh. and the Strange family. Uh, they have um, they have this farm down there. They grew up down there, and the the boys have grown up. They have their different businesses, and one of the guy, one of the boys, I got to meet is a guy by the name of Jed Jed Strange, and um, while we were down there on the uh, at the farm, and we were all gathered around looking, you know, uh, eating and fellowshipping and i was looking at one of the tables well i noticed that in the center of this table it was a grill Uh huh. and i'm looking at it and it says gather you know it says like kind of like i mean it's a machined out logo and it says gather gather grill i'm like man that's pretty cool and i had i didn't have my phone to look it up but <laughs> i'm looking at it and then i'm looking around and i got there's other guys that are there and they all have, they have a hat that says gather. And one guy says gather grill. And another guy walks in his gather. I'm like, what is this gather stuff? And I'm looking at this gather grill. And then I'm starting to talk to Jed and, um, I find out Jed's the founder and CEO of gather grills. (laughs) I'm like, okay, Oh, this is cool. And I'm thinking, I want one of these. <laughs> I bet. But then but then earlier today we got to go to the manufacturing shop to where they make them. Huh. So I got to see from start to finish how uh-huh. they make these gather grills and basically what they do is they make these grills and a building around the grill they have built tables that surround that round the grill and the grill is a lazy susan that you can actually cook on by sitting at your table
2: Mm. the table is on the outside of the grill yep so you can pull up chairs
1: oh yeah you can sit about eight to ten people around this table around the grill around the grill grill table yes it is Gather grill table that sounds it's incredible it's incredible all right so and then got to meet uh, Jed's brother, Josh, who was also a range instructor for us. and But Josh is an incredibly smart dude. I mean, engineer-type guy. Um, he, he owns this other business, Ram Tech Partners, and they do a lot of CNC engineering and innovative technology and prototyping stuff. I mean, it was my mind was blown to hear what all they did. I'm like, I was just a health and PE major. <laughs> so, these guys, it's okay. There's some smart dudes. So,
2: hey, but you're anyway, hanging out with them. So,
1: it was a great retreat, spiritual Good. retreat. Good. Um, lot a of, lot of uh, life changing conversation Good. around the around the table. I'm going around the grill. So,
2: <laughs> the grill table.
1: Anyway, you got anything you want to share? Or are we gonna no? No, okay. i said it all.
2: You've said a lot. I've said a lot. (laughs) just kidding.
1: Yeah. I'm about to see that finger start rolling over. It's like, you need to hurry up. Uh, All right. So we all have, we all have to deal with difficult people, right? We do. I call them boneheads.
2: Okay. (laughs) There's just going to be times that there are difficult people in your life, whether it's Go ahead. At work. Okay. In your home.
1: Yes. Uh, just that. How about you on the road? Come
2: across. Yeah, like the person driving in front of me can be very difficult Which? if they don't get out of my way.
1: Right. They're usually driving slowly in the yes, fast lane.
2: Yes, they are. All
1: right. What about those okay. people? What else? Um, there's some other difficult people?
2: Like you know, you're waiting and waiting for that parking spot, and you have your blinker on, and somebody just comes in and comes the other direction in the lane, probably Mm -hmm. the wrong direction, and just swoops in right there,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. that might be a difficult person. That'd be a difficult person.
2: (laughs) Or, you know, the people that you think are supposed to be in the customer service industry, Uh which would be almost all of the places we frequent, Mm -hmm. should be in the customer service. But nobody's trained in customer service anymore, and they can just really be difficult.
1: Yep. Yeah. Know-it-alls are difficult.
2: Yes, they can be.
1: People that talk too much are difficult.
2: Yes. Yes.
1: People that live in a fantasy world are difficult.
2: (laughs) Yeah. They live in denial.
1: Denial. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So how do you handle difficult people? I know that in your job as a teacher, you don't have to deal with any difficult people. No. There's no difficult They're people. all angels. They, yes, they are all angels. Uh, and then there's their children.
2: But I think, I think, but here's the thing as we talk about this. We all can be difficult at some time.
1: Speak for yourself.
2: We all can be difficult <laughs> at times.
1: Okay, noted. Thank you. I resemble that remark.
2: Yes, thank you. It's true, though. You know, so I think there are unhealthy ways that we can deal with difficult people.
1: Mm -hmm. What are those? Or or we're just going to really kind of pick out one. Um, You may have another. Yeah.
2: Well, I think maybe it just kind of encompasses a lot of things. It's almost like you get down in get on their level or you know, my mom would say, roll around in the mud with them. Right. And that's not, that's not going to help at all.
1: No. The difficult person. Don't you know? lower yourself to that level. Right.
2: I mean, I think you had a scripture to go with that.
1: Um, yeah. The scripture that, that I, um, I'm going to reference here is Proverbs nine, eight. And it says, do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. You can now the flip side of that on the end part of this passage it says rebuke a wise person and they will love you you. because the scripture is very clear a wise man loves rebuke all right a foolish person they can't stand rebuke so if you try to correct a difficult person
2: many times they just can't hear it especially in that moment
1: right and they're going to fight back
2: sure and it's just that's not gonna
1: and it doesn't get anything resolved no So with that being said, what are some healthy ways in which we can handle difficult people?
2: I think one would be a fruit of the Spirit, patience. Yes. And I can speak for myself. Patience is a virtue that I know I need to allow the Holy Spirit to develop in my life. But it doesn't come automatically natural.
1: But you're pretty patient.
2: Not with difficult people, I'm not.
1: Well, okay, that's true.
2: I mean, I can be patient with other things and certain things, yes, as a teacher or a mom, but with difficult people, it's like I don't... Yeah, I'm like, well, they don't deserve my patience. (laughs) (laughs) That's terrible. Because they still do deserve my patience. Uh And if I'm allowing the spirit and I want to be in step with the spirit to develop that. Then even with the difficult people, I need to show patience.
1: Yeah, that's good. How about you? Well, I think in dealing with difficult people, the patience piece would probably look more like, okay, I got to see the bigger picture Mm -hmm. because I mean, I love my staff. I love my staff. I love people that I get to work with. But even even that, there can be difficulty in leading people. I'm not saying that they're difficult people at this point, um, but I am saying that sometimes we got to see the bigger picture. We got to step back, pull
2: back. Mm -hmm. We
1: got to pull back, get away, get a detached from the emotion of it.
2: Of that whatever it is right here and now.
1: Exactly. Sure. That's good. There's a detachment. That's good. And you get above the clouds, get away Uh from the emotion of it, um, depersonalize it to some Mm. degree and think bigger picture. What's the bigger Mm. picture here? What's the better play? How can I be more redemptive and restorative? And how can I be calm in the things that I now have to say?
2: Hmm. That's good.
1: Um, or do I need to even say anything at, at all? all? Right. Sure. And sometimes it's just better to let it let it rest, mm-hmm. let it ride, and not do anything unless it is going to hurt the organization. If it's going to hurt. Um, you know, when we talk in organizational leadership, if it's going to hurt the organization, deal with it. You may even have to fire the person. But in a context of a interpersonal relationship where others' lives are not affected, so to speak, it's just really kind of between the two people. Um, then sometimes it's probably better just to let it ride mm-hmm. and just be patient. Uh, along those lines and that probably goes along the lines with, you know, checking your own heart, you know, looking in the mirror, making sure you've got the.
2: I was going to say many times
1: the log in your eye. The
2: difficult person might be me. I yeah. might have, you know, dug my heels in on something or just might be blinded to being mm-hmm. open minded and seeing another way or point of view or perspective and it might be that I'm really being the difficult one
1: and the difficult, mm-hmm. um, in the difficulty, there may be hurt feelings, there may be wounds and things like that. So forgiveness is going to be critical yes. in, in the res- restoration yes. piece. So I think those are all just some good, healthy ways of handling difficult people.
2: But you said,
1: "What if your spouse? (laughs) What if if your spouse is the difficult person
2: person in your life?" Uh
1: huh. So
2: maybe there are. I mean, I think there can be seasons of that. And
1: listen, um, we've worked with people long enough, and we've worked with families long enough to know that there are some husbands that are difficult, and there are some wives that are difficult, and then there are some husband and wives that are difficult at the same time. (laughs)
2: Right. And then there can just be seasons that
1: Correct. So, yeah. what are some things that makes them difficult? What are mm-hmm. like spouses difficult? What are some things that make them difficult?
2: Um Maybe their schedules of seeing each other and one's not home or not home at the same time or Maybe that? Yes. Which then affects time mm-hmm. together and communication. I was listening, I was listening to... All of that if you're running in different
1: yeah, routines. I was stuff. listening to the Team Never Quit podcast mm-hmm. with Marcus, Marcus Luttrell. Luttrell. And they were interviewing, It was I think it was last week's podcast that they had launched. And uh, the lady that they were interviewing, um, her husband um, had actually taken his life but he was former military oh. and he had taken his life um i want to say fairly it, i mean it's been recent i mean it has mm-hmm. been very very long ago and she had a particular career path that she was on and there was a lot of times in their marriage where he was coming in from deployment and she was leaving with her packed to go on hmm. business hmm. and traveling. Yeah. And, and then it was the kids who were left at home and it was just like, they were like ships passing, passing in the night. In the night. Mm-hmm. And if you're married and here's the thing that she said is that there was regret because of that. Sure. There was regret because of that. Hmm. And I think when you're married, you've got to be at home together. There's got to be time. There's
2: got to be time. Yes. You're at you home gotta together. got to figure that out. Yeah.
1: you got to figure that out. I understand
2: with jobs or.
1: Because your marriage, but. your marriage is your first responsibility. It's your first, mm-hmm. and it's a God given responsibility. Mm-hmm. And True. It, it's. And if the cross is the reference point for your marriage then that's where your marriage has to be anchored and if your life is where you know y'all write ships passing in the night that is not reflective of who god is and the relationship that the church which is the bride of christ and jesus has that's not the relationship picture hmm. so w- if you're never home then Maybe something's something wrong something's got to change, gotta change. Mm-hmm. so uh, I think part of this this the next one goes into being never home is being overworked
2: yeah I think I can become a difficult spouse if I'm overworked and underappreciated and...
1: very much so yeah very much so difficult um hmm. b- and along those same lines i I personally was more of a people pleaser, mm-hmm. and I was more focused on pleasing other people than I was mm-hmm. the Lord and you guys mm-hmm. as my family
0: At and home.
1: so those decisions was made decisions were made um without really fully considering my family. I was more worried about pleasing other people than I was mm-hmm. being here yeah. or pleasing the Lord. Um. So another difficulty is finan- having financial blindness, where neither spouse talks about money until it's too late. Mm-hmm. That's difficult. That's difficult, and that can that can lead to problems.
2: Or even when you're just on different pages with the finances and how you think. You know, there should be savings. There should be spending. Like how it's being managed it, it can make it difficult if you're on the same page
1: if you're you can, not on the same page
2: yeah if you're not on the same page then you can view the other person as the difficult person because
1: mm-hmm.
2: you've really got to work to get on the same
1: page that you do and it takes work it does yeah what else
2: um maybe if the spouse doesn't have the right friends and who they hang out with and who should be sharpening them, Mm -hmm. we would say in a spiritual way, but if they're not and they're dulling them,
1: um, that can cause difficulty. Big time. Yeah. Big time. It can lead you down a path where you're making decisions that aren't really the wisest decisions. Right.
2: And if friends aren't, you know, um, continuing to build you up in your marriage that's not the friends you need. Right. I think we've talked about that before. And, right. And friends shouldn't be who you go and bash your spouse to either. Correct. That's not what you should do. Correct. We'll take that to the Lord. But.
1: So, what are some things that we can do if, mm-hmm. or what can a person do if their spouse is the difficult person in their life? What can, what can they do?
2: Who's <laughs> gonna go first? <laughs> Because then that like has the connotation that no, just kidding. <laughs> no, we've already said we can both be difficult. Yeah. So, I mean, it seems so obvious, but praying for your spouse, um, just great books of um, a praying wife um, that Stormy O'Martian has. And they're just it's just practical praying for them and what they're going through and what they have on them, it really releases you from from judging and feeling like they're not living up to your expectations. Because when you take it to the Lord and say, Okay, Lord, I just want to pray for them and, and I'm not in their shoes and I don't know, I'm just kind of on the outside looking in, but I want to pray for' them. it It really really, I think helps your heart to soften mm. so yeah, it's a big thing
1: pray. and and along that line here here here's one of my favorite passages of scripture from the new international version. This is first Peter three verse seven. And it says, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. And I know I've read this verse before, but as far as something that you can do, If your wife is difficult or if you are the difficult one as a husband, maybe we need to check ourselves and reread this passage of scripture and make sure that number one, are we being considerate to our wives? Are we being considerate to our wives? Are we treating them with respect? Um, Are we, looking at our wives as an heir with Christ an heir with us of the mm. gracious gift of life that God has given to us that the gift of life that you've been given as a husband is the same gift of life that your spouse has been given and do we treat them um as heirs as brothers and sisters mm. you know mm. um recognizing that when we do that there will be nothing to hinder your prayer. That's good. So we need to we need to check first Peter three seven and make sure husbands, all right. Let's be considerate and be respectful of our over the women in our life. All right. So um, I think
2: also as we talked about earlier with any difficult person
1: Patience. Patience is key. Yeah. Patience is key. And that leads to what the scripture says in Proverbs 15, Uh verse 1. It says, you know, you can take, you can respond to difficult people one of two ways. You can respond to them with harsh words or you can respond to them with gentle words. Mm -hmm. You can respond to that difficult person with anger and, you know, just coming out back Mm -hmm. at them fighting back you know maybe you're a challenger and they're a challenger and you start challenging and they start challenging and before you know it you got this thing that's just blown up and um, or you can speak in a gentle way and some of you may go "Oh, that's a so week that's just no nah, we're gonna fight we're gonna knock we're gonna have a knockdown drag out we're gonna get this thing figured out and if it means that we fight all night long we're going to fight but let me remind us that in proverbs 15:1 it says a gentle answer turns away anger but a harsh word stirs up wrath what do you want in your home you want peace you want life do you want um joy you want calmness in your home well consider how you respond to the difficult person in the room
0: mm-hmm.
1: whether it's, it's your true. wife or your children and it
2: you can you you have that power i mean yes, it, you that's do. a real i mean you say fighting well to me To win something, you want the power. The power is to be able to calm it, to to take it back to a level where you can have meaningful conversation Mm -hmm. where you can really resolve and restore, like you said. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. So the general answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word will stir it up. Mm -hmm. And a couple more. One is on the check yourself
2: and we said that, like the mirror, mm-hmm. if I'm pointing fingers, there's probably some coming back, coming back at you. At me and yeah, check that log in my eye instead of just pointing out the speck in the mm-hmm. other person's. So.
1: Mm-hmm. And then there's another passage of scripture and says, love covers a multitude of sin. And mm,
2: that's a good one.
1: Not that love ignores a multitude of sin, but when I read that passage of scripture Mm -hmm. and I can't remember right off where, where it's at, but love covers a multitude of sin. Sin brings death. Period. Sin brings death.
2: That's in scripture. Gives way to.
1: Yes. So here's what I see that passage saying is that, Love recognizes the wound, the death that sin created. But regardless of that, love remains. And love, the picture that I have is like when somebody dies, Mm -hmm. they're usually put into a body bag.
2: Mm -hmm. Why is that? To go to the coroner's?
1: Yes, but why would they put him in a... Why wouldn't they just put the body in the back of the vehicle?
2: Like just throw the body in there? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's a little more respectful.
1: Yeah, it's respectful of the dead. Yeah. It's a, it's a form of dignity. Yeah. So, So love is like that body bag... Over the sin
2: uh,
1: of the person,-, uh-huh. and regardless it and it, it envelops them, it wraps them up, it covers them hmm. and and there's also this layer of grace that is greater than the sin, the sin. Mm-hmm. that exists, so love is something that. Layers us with God's grace, mm. and serves as a as a body bag to hide the dead. Mm. To hide the dead, it's a good picture. I never thought about it. Like and that. and to cover that up, not to ignore it. Right, that body's in that bag. It's in that bag. And it's a, and it's going to be either dealt with Mm -hmm. and it's going to be dealt with. It's going to be buried or it's going to be burnt up. One of the two. Um, but love is that cover.
2: Hmm.
1: That's just kind of how I looked at it.
2: That's good.
1: You know? So those are some things that you can do when dealing with difficult difficult people. people. And even if it's a short spouse, exactly. (laughs) So we hope that's been helpful for you as you consider dealing with difficult people. You got any final things there, Lisa?
2: I don't think so. No? Nope. That's it? Ready to start the week.
1: Yeah, me too. (laughs) Me too. It's going to be a great week. Hey, if you have any... Uh, thing that we can pray about for you please send us an email to of 3 at gmail.com you can follow us on Instagram or on Facebook we'll have those in our show notes for you to check out follow us Uh, please subscribe to our podcast Uh, you can do that pretty easily on any podcast app that you use to listen to your podcasts and also remember if you have um, uh, if you have a um, any questions about the court of three coaching which is dealing which is coaching premarital couples or couples that are already married and maybe you're looking to uh, enrich your marriage um, we can help you with that and we would love to talk with you further about our court of three coaching ministry that we get to do and oh, we'd love to uh, tell you a little bit more about that so uh, if you do have any questions, send me an email at of three at com. We always
2: appreciate you listening and sharing this podcast with uh, your friends.
1: And remember that a cord of three strands is, is not, not easily, easily broken. broken.